are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beltway Beef. I'm joined by Tanner Beamer, who's the Senior Director of Government Affairs for NCBA and handles the cattle markets portfolio. Uh, Tanner, quiet week for you this week. My word, it has, it's been a long time since we've had a witness testify uh, before the Congressional Agriculture Committees, but it's been a longer time still. In fact, in my five years at NCBA, I don't know that I've ever had a hearing with uh, a second one the following day in the other chamber with another witness. So it was a pretty crazy week around here, but ultimately I think uh, NCBA's message got delivered and uh, there was a lot to talk about in that space. So two cattle markets hearings this week, one in the Senate, one in the House. Let's talk about the Senate hearing first. Yeah, so the Senate hearing was very different than the House hearing. Um, it was a, a legislative hearing, so they have a couple different types of ways that they can structure hearings. Up till this point, you know, we've had several hearings on cattle market issues in both the House and the Senate on the Agriculture Committee and the Judiciary Committee, um, but those have all been kind of fact-finding or informational hearings. This one was what we call a legislative hearing and that's so that uh, senators can build a record of feedback from invited witnesses um, as they consider uh, different pieces of legislation. So the first one is Senate Bill 4030, which is the newest iteration of the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act. And then the second piece of legislation that they looked at was called the Meatpacker Special Investigator Act. And what that one would do is it would create a brand new office at USDA that has prosecutorial and subpoena power uh, to investigate basically fed cattle market participants. Um, so NCBA, of course, is opposed to the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act. Our members have been very clear for a very long time. They do not think that the government's role is to pick winners and losers in the marketplace through mandates on the way that cattle feeders sell cattle to packers. Um, so we have maintained our opposition to that bill for pretty much its entire existence. Um, and then on the special investigator bill, we're opposed to that as well because USDA already has an office that is charged with enforcing fair and proper oversight of the cattle markets. It's called the Packers and Stockyards Division. It's been around since 1921. We don't need to muddy the waters between jurisdiction, between the Packers and Stockyards Division and a new office at USDA. Um, it's also fairly unprecedented, to my knowledge, to have uh, some sort of an entity with prosecutorial power outside of the Justice Department. You know, this administration has worked very hard to increase the collaboration between uh, the Justice Department and the Packers and Stockyards Division. There's a new online reporting tool where market participants, including cattle producers, can submit tips and complaints uh, about potential or alleged violations of the Packers and Stockyards Act. And both of those agencies, through that portal, receive that information simultaneously. So it's streamlining some of the processes. Now we do agree that the Packers and Stockyards Act needs to be robustly enforced if there's going to be fairness and transparency in the marketplace. Our preference, however, is that that be done very specifically through increased resources to the Packers and Stockyards Division. I don't think that they have seen a substantial budget increase in over a decade. Uh, and as we know, money doesn't go as far as it did 10 years ago. And that's, a, that's an agency that its mission is more important now than ever, arguably. Uh, so we'd like to see some additional resources going over there. Great. And so what do you think came out of the Senate hearing, if you had to give just a quick synopsis of that? 
Sure. So, I mean, there were two panels, of course. The first witness panel consisted of uh, two USDA staff members, and they were mostly talking about how they would implement these bills if they were to be enacted. Uh, the second panel, of course, was um, a bunch of cattle producers, uh, some that were in favor of mandates, some that were opposed to mandates, and then also an ag economist, Dr. Stephen Kuntz from Colorado State University. Uh, and he's kind of the livestock economist who is the preeminent thought leader in this space. He's done probably the most research on the subject. Um, and I think that what you heard from that second panel is there are immense un unknown unintended consequences associated with mandating specific levels of negotiated trade in each region. This most recent version of the bill takes it even a step farther and says, you know, the previous versions, we were looking at the five area, right, where uh, the central part of the United States where we do probably 90-ish percent of cattle feeding. This newest version of the bill would actually require that the entire continental United States, so all 48 of them get divided up into five to seven unique geographic regions, and then each of them are subjected to a mandatory minimum for what the new bill calls, quote unquote, approved pricing mechanisms. So uh, there were there was a lot of conversation about the costs associated with that, the impacts to cattle producers throughout the entire supply chain, whether you're a cow-calf operator, a stalker, or a cattle feeder. If this bill passes, it will have a negative impact on your way of doing business, potentially at some point from here to uh, implementation and then further on down the road as well. Um, and I think that it really underscored that there just is not support in the countryside for something like this. You do have a small pocket of folks who, who think that this is the right way to go, um, but the overwhelming majority of cattle producers through their involvement in organizations like NCBA, like the American Farm Bureau Federation, have made it very clear that this is not how they want to proceed. And then the second hearing that happened this week was in the House. So still talking cattle markets, but a little different setup for that one. Yeah, the context of the of the House hearing was very much different. It was kind of more of an informational hearing. They weren't uh, exploring specific pieces of legislation. And of course, there was a, uh, a panel of cattle producers uh, in, that testified before the House. Um, but I think that that was overshadowed by the second panel, which uh, included the four chief executive officers of the largest meat packers uh, in the country. And so um, I think kind of similar, you had cattle producers on both sides of marketing mandates. You saw cattle producers with differing perspectives on how we should address consolidation in the industry. NCBA's president, Don Schiefelbein, was one of the witnesses, and he reiterated to the committee that, look, we do have concerns with packer consolidation. Uh, we do have uh, concerns about enforcement of the Packers and Stockyards Act. But before we start to create new offices at USDA, before we implement marketing mandates that have such uh, severe consequences, we need to take a step back and focus on the things that we can agree on in the industry. Everybody agrees that more transparency is a good thing. You get transparency by reauthorizing livestock mandatory reporting, by putting together a cattle contract library, which Don noted in his testimony is in a pilot phase over at USDA right now. You get more transparency by improving upon the reports that are already coming out of livestock mandatory reporting. And then in addition to that, putting more resources at the Packers and Stockyards Division, which already has most of the legal authorities that it needs. One could even argue that it has all the resources it needs in terms of legal authority to enforce the Packers and Stockyards Act. Um, and so I think that in that house here, 
hearing, uh, you saw a lot of attention given to uh, the profits that have been made by the meatpacking sector in the aftermath of the Holcomb fire and COVID-19. Um, and we have obviously a very high interest in that subject, but there's an ongoing investigation that NCBA requested being done by the Justice Department right now. And until we see the results of that investigation, we don't know for sure whether or not there was anti-competitive behavior that influenced the market in the aftermath of those black swan events. So it's important for us to take this in stride, right? We need to follow the process, slow it down a little bit, and wait for the results of the Justice Department investigation before we start to proceed with additional legislative proposals. So out of that hearing, what was NCBA's, you know, main message. We were we were pretty clear about where we wanted to go next. Well, look, I think between the House and the Senate during the 117th Congress, we've had, I want to say like seven different hearings on the subject of meatpacker concentration and marketing mandates. And that is an immense amount of time that Congress has focused on those two issues. Very important issues, yes, but Don said it best in his testimony. We would have preferred yesterday's hearing to focus on what the true immediate needs of cattle producers are. You know, cattle prices have been rising uh, pretty steadily since 2020. And in fact, they're they're very good right now. We certainly think that they have the potential to continue to rise and we would really love for them to. But that, that uh, profit margin is not making its way back to cattle producers in the way it should because of soaring input costs. We have labor shortages at packing plants, which for further exacerbates downward price pressure on fed cattle prices all the way back to calf prices. And so we need to be focusing on those areas that have immediate need for cattle producers to that, that actually do impact their bottom line. Um, and I think that we delivered that message and hopefully Congress will respond by looking at what are the real causes of financial burden on cattle producers right here, right now, and where is the industry telling them to focus their attention. Uh, and hopefully, now that we have had this examination of the packers, we can start to move forward and focus on those areas where we can actually find some agreement within the industry uh, between both parties and between both chambers on Capitol Hill. Well, thanks, Tanner, for that rundown and for just sharing all of the things that you worked on this week and uh, really rallied our members to get behind this week. So thanks for being on the podcast, and I'm sure we'll have you back soon. Thanks, Ashley. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.